You're listening to the Yoga Inspiration Podcast with me, your host, Kino McGregor. I created this series to keep you inspired to get on the mat every day so that you can practice yoga and change your world, starting from the inside out, one breath at a time. Thanks so much for listening. Your support means everything to me. Hey everyone, it's Kino here. Welcome to this episode of the Yoga Inspiration Podcast. This episode is a really special interview that I did with my student, Kelly Alford from Indiana. I've always thought that it would be so inspiring to share the stories of real yoga students with you so that you, just like me, a student of yoga, can feel a sense of connection and community with your fellow yogis all over the world. Well, Kelly made the decision to come and practice with me at my home here in Miami for one of my one-week intensive courses. And I got the chance to sit down with her and talk about her journey into yoga and into the Ashtanga yoga tradition. I hope you'll find a little bit of inspiration in her story and in the conversation that we share to rekindle that beginner's mind that can take you back into the very beginning of your journey in yoga. The beginner's mind is something that I constantly remind myself to tune into, keeping my heart and my spirit open to continually rediscover the practice, to let go of any sense of knowingness or expertness or dogma, and to keep the spontaneity of the practice alive. So when I sit down with a fellow student, I hope to really share a sense of equality as though we're both students on the path. So Kelly's story inspires me because we've been practicing for almost the same amount of time and our trajectory in this path of yoga has led us deeper and deeper into the spiritual journey. At the end of the episode, Kelly also asks me a question about my journey and about my practice. So be sure to stay tuned in and listen to her question and my answer at the end of the episode. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I hope you'll find a little piece of yoga inspiration right here today. Hi everyone, it's Kino here. Welcome to the Yoga Inspiration podcast and video series where I share with you the inspirational story of real students practicing real yoga in everyday life to keep you inspired to keep practicing. I'm here today with Kelly Alford. You are a long-term 17-year yoga practitioner from Indiana. Yes. Yes. Thanks so much for joining, I Kelly. I am so grateful to be here, Kino. Thank yeah. you for asking me. So I'd like to walk everyone back to your beginning journey of yoga. So first of all, how old were you when you started yoga and why did you decide to start practicing yoga? So I was 36 and I was a mother of two young boys. They were two and three at the time and they were constantly moving, going, and I was constantly chasing them. And we moved to a new city and I wanted to start doing something healthy for me so I could take better care of the energy level that they had. 
So we found a local gym that had yoga and it had childcare. And I thought, oh, this is a perfect marriage for me. I can go take care of myself while someone is, you know, mindfully watching over my children. <laughs> so that's how it began. I stepped into my first yoga class and I absolutely fell in love. What was that first class like? It was a vinyasa style class, mm -hmm. and the teacher led it, so she was doing the poses with us because I hadn't a clue, you know, <laughs> what yoga was. So um, she would walk us through, she'd come over and do adjustments, and was very encouraging. And um, at the class, I'd, at the end of class, she's like, "You need to come back." <laughs> and I said, "I do need to come back." So, and how often did you start practicing way back at the beginning of your journey? It was probably three or four mornings a week. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, up and down from there. Yeah. So. Now, I remember after my very first full, deep yoga class that I felt great after class. And then the next morning I woke up and I was so, so sore. sore. <laughs> yes, yes. Agreed. I remember that feeling too. Where were you sore? Um, everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In places I didn't know existed in my body. I right. Like, did, I, did I have muscles there? <laughs> I didn't even know they existed. Totally. So, yeah. I also remember my hamstrings being so sore yes. the day after yes. yoga and yeah. feeling like, wow, I don't know if I can straighten the can leg. I come back. Yeah. You know, but we do and we do and we practice and we practice and I remember my yeah. first teachers telling me if you're really sore tomorrow you probably want to come back to practice yes. mm -hmm. and that's counterintuitive for most people who say if you do a really really deep workout and you're really sore the next day most people want to take the day off but yoga is different it really is um, because once you start to get warmed up again the muscles start working the body starts working the breath is working uh, and you just really start to turn your focus inward and you are practicing yoga. <laughs> yeah. So 17 years ago, wow. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's a different world. I remember yes. I started yoga more than 20 years ago. So we have to put things in context. This is yeah. a world before YouTube. Right. This is a world before you Googled yeah. things and had, you know, a whole list of how-to exercises yeah, and there weren't instructional manuals. Things available. So how yeah. do you decide on yoga out of the, you know, full available possibilities out there? I'd heard that yoga um, would center me and make me feel a little less, you know, Did you know anybody that practiced yoga? Mm -hmm. no. No. Huh. no, I didn't know anyone in town. Yeah. There. Yeah. And, but they quickly became my family. The yoga is such a tight community. Uh, the wonderful thing about the Ashtanga practice is to your, your yoga travels with you. Yes. So you can walk into any studio and you know what you're going to get. Mm -hmm. so. Now, your first class was this vinyasa style. Yes. Then how did you make the transition from vinyasa style into Ashtanga? And when did that happen in your yoga journey? Okay, so 17 years ago, I started with vinyasa. My kids were two and three. And then once they got to be school aged, um, this was 10 years ago, actually, I had a friend that said, why don't you come with me to this yoga studio? And they teach this Ashtanga style practice. And I thought, well, okay, my kids are in school. I guess I'm not obligated to come to this gym and I'm open to trying something new. And I tried an Ashtanga style class and I fell in love again. <laughs> and it wasn't just the yoga. It was, there was, you know, she talked about the eight limb path, which right. I had not been exposed to in the fitness mm. center world. She talked about, you know, the chakras. She talked about um, that this was, 
finding our true selves and just peeling away all the layers and labels that people put on us and just really coming in to ourself in our practice. And I thought, well, I thought I liked yoga there. <laughs> now I'm like, okay, I'm, uh -huh. I'm in. And eventually ended up going through teacher training through that school um, to learn more about Ashtanga. Yeah. So when you first heard about going to a yoga studio, were you intimidated or were you excited? Oh, so intimidated. <laughs> I was so scared. And um, because I thought everybody was going to be there doing handstands and mm -hmm. backbends. And um, as it turned out, no. We were, didn't, we were all on our mats on our own journeys and yeah. the teacher was encouraging us to delve into our practice and whatever level we were at was the level we were at and <laughs> there was no judgment. Everyone was so supportive that we were there to inspire and support. Yeah. So after so, that first trip in there, I was okay. You were pretty much hooked. Yeah. Is, yeah. is the transition that you made from taking classes in a gym into taking classes in a yoga studio, did that also increase the frequency of your practice? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. In what way? Yeah. Um, well, I wanted more. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I tried to find as many classes on the schedule that would fit, you know, between when I could go. I still had my children and family to take care of at home, but um, I started doing workshops, mm -hmm. um, yours included, <laughs> yeah. and just trying to learn as much as I could about the practice. And it wasn't just on the mat. There was so much that I did off the mat with um, learning the book, you know, getting the books and finding out what was out there mm -hmm. available to read. Now you've really taken the lessons of your yoga journey off the mat. You know, you have also participated in a nonprofit. Yes. yes. So would you tell me a little bit about your role in founding that? So um, I was a founding board member. We got a call one day at the studios before I became a teacher. And they said, um, we need someone to come over to the high school and teach these at-risk kids who are probably not going to graduate to teach them some mindfulness and some self-love and self-care. And so two of my fellow yoga students, you know, but they were also going through teacher training at the time, answered the call to serve. And it started with one school and a handful of kids, and now it's up to 42 schools. And I think we've got 5,000 kids we're serving this semester alone. Amazing. So it's just exploded. Yeah. yeah. So I really love the, the way that your journey began in sort of very humble origins. You were just interested in finding a little bit more peace, being more centered, so you could be a better mom to your kids. Yes. Then you kept practicing and you felt that peace, you felt that centeredness. It led you to go into a more traditional practice, to join a yoga studio that housed an Ashtanga program, it led you into teacher training, it led you into giving back in this really deep and powerful way. So what your story really represents is how yoga can start as this really, really humble seed and blossom into total life transformation. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So would you kind of take people back through your journey and describe who you were before yoga and who you are now? Oh, gosh. Um, hmm. Before yoga, I was told what to do by the people in my life and I was a pleaser for them not for myself mm -hmm. and the more I tried to please other people the more I wasn't pleasing myself and I was in relationships where um, I was that was being taken advantage of and 
But I thought, well, this was the norm. This was all I knew my whole life, you know. And once I started doing yoga, I thought, wait, I have to take care of myself so I can take care of other people. And I started getting stronger in recognizing that um, my life had value and purpose. And um, my opinions didn't have to be the opinions of other people. I just had to be respectful of everyone. And uh, it, it it really changed me. And I wanted to give other people that sense of awakening, awareness, enlightenment that their life has value. And it's important to be who you are, not be who other people think that you're supposed to be. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I really, really love that. Thank you. So now here you are, you've been practicing for 17 years and so many people like hear stories like yours and many long-term practitioners and we assume that it's just this upward trajectory. You know, when we see people who teach yoga or we see images of yoga teachers on social media, we just see this image of perfection. Like, wow, here's this beautiful pose. That's not me. Here's this calm person, (laughs) you know? And we've all had these kind of ups and downs. Yes. So you've faced a big obstacle lately. Yes. So you just had recently, how long ago? Um, Seven weeks today. I had had a a total hysterectomy. Mm -hmm. So tell me about that. How did you end up having a hysterectomy? Was that from a condition that you had or was it something that that came out from a a doctor visit? Um, You know, I'm 50, I'll be 53 this year. And from what I understand, um, when I was 44, I went through menopause, which is Mm -hmm. early for women. And so at first I was sad. And then I was like, well, I already have two beautiful children. I think I'm pretty much done. So I'm okay with that. So Mm -hmm. I processed that. And over the course of the eight years, I started having um, physical issues with, you know, my baby making parts. And they weren't working anymore. And so after a doctor visit, after a minor surgery that they thought removing a fibroid from my uterus, Mm -hmm. um, I never healed from that. That was in September. And um, I never healed from it. But she did say after that surgery, I could go back to yoga after five days. So I thought, okay, it must be minor if I can go back to yoga in five days. And then she said, well, I think we need to do a total hysterectomy because this isn't healing. And as it turns out, after they found two more fibroids on the outside of my uterus. So I was having all of these issues. And I said, okay, that's fine, but um, I'm going down to Miami (laughs) at the end of February. Can I do yoga before I go? And so she said, all right, we'll try and get you scheduled as soon as possible. So she got me in January 8th. And um, she said, you cannot do yoga for four weeks if you want to go down to Miami in six weeks. Yeah. And I said, I can't not do yoga for four weeks. And she says, if you want to go to Miami in six weeks, you are not doing yoga. So was that scary? Was that? Yeah. Yeah. What's the longest break you've taken for 17 years? Four weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Six weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was, so, what was scary about that? Were you afraid I'm going to lose my practice? Were you afraid I'm going to go, I'm going to lose my centering? I'm going to lose my peace? What were you afraid of? Check, check, and check. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, all yeah. of it. I thought, what? Because what started out as just a, a physical practice really became a lifestyle for yeah. me. I mean, it's just, it's part of the fiber of your being. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, if I'm not teaching and I'm not physically doing it, you know, what, what's going to happen to my practice? Right. And what's going to happen to me as a person? Yes. Am I going to yeah. be more reactive? Am I going to, yeah. am I going to be a less nice person? Yeah. You know, I, am I going to snap at people? Yeah. 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 
all of that. <laughs> and um, thankfully, um, I, the support of my yoga studio and my community, I, I talked about it. I didn't just internalize, because what I've learned from yoga, you push stuff down, you push stuff down, is eventually, who is it serving? Right. You know, it's not serving you, so you can't serve others. So I talked about it and let my students know, and I let my other, um, my other, the people I practice with, and the te my teachers knew what was happening. And they said, you know what? You're going to be fine. Yeah. We've got you. You know, we've got you. And so um, I thought, okay, well, I'm going to take everything that I focused on on the mat and do that off the mat without the physical asanas. I just started to um, look at my inward journey and what, what I was trying to learn more about um, on the eight limb path. That, mm -hmm. That's just one, mm. one part of it, you know? So the self-study became very yeah. integral. <laughs> I've heard that the hysterectomy operation is very painful, very emotional, and can lead to a lot of vulnerability. Did you go through all that? I didn't, no, because wow. I had had eight years to process that, yeah. you know, that baby-making factory was closed. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought, and it's funny, the day I found out I was going to get surgery, I went to a yoga class. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, you're so vulnerable in class when you really start to let go of things. And I just found myself crying at the end of class. And yeah. my teacher came up, she's like, you know, why are you crying? And I said, well, I found out today that I have to have a hysterectomy. And I'm not sad about it, but I'm trying to process this. This is a, a transformation. Like it's mm -hmm. another life change that's happening. And we talk as teachers, you know, we wanna let go of all the things that don't serve us so we can create space for what does. Mm -hmm. And I said, what's gonna fill this space? Mm. What's gonna fill this space? <laughs> and she said, candy. <laughs> Just fill it with candy. And then from that moment on, I knew I was going to be okay. Yeah. Like, These are my people, you know, yeah. they're going to get me through this. So what candy so, did you go for? Um, all of it. <laughs> <laughs> chocolate, mostly, but yeah. <laughs> I'm a fan of chocolate, too. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about the first practice back. Yes. You took the four weeks off. You had a major operation. Yes. And then here you are, 17 years of practice, a major operation, and then four weeks off to heal, and you're standing on your mat. What's going through your yeah. mind? Um, fear <laughs> mm -hmm. that I was going to hurt myself or that my body had forgotten what it had learned all those years up to this point. And... Um, I took my first inhale, lengthened my arms up in my first sun A, and I thought, oh, I'm, I'm going to be okay. Yeah. And I forward folded, and I kept going, and I made it through the first sun A, and I thought, well, if I can make it for the, through the first sun A, I can make it through the second, and the third, and then the sun B, and standing and seated. And um, the funniest thing happened, um, and you know my teacher, Carol Tharpearn, yeah. um, so she came over, and I have a tough time in Richiasana D finding that mind. Mm -hmm. um, and I hadn't found it in 17 years. <laughs> and I just needed to have an organ removed <laughs> to create the space <laughs> that I needed 
to catch the bind. And we both laughed so hard. I said, oh, I just needed to have an org, just needed that much more room, you know? Well, I guess you know what you're going to put in that extra space. That was your foot. Right. Yes. Made it possible. Exactly. It was exactly. Now, of course, well, we're not recommending that anybody no, no, have no. organs removed to try no. to access the yoga no, posture. Oh my gosh, absolutely not. It, or fill a, a space with candy, of course. These are just... It could be figurative little, candy. So you figurative could, you know, candy, yeah. yeah. Exactly. But it was just, um, it was one of those silver lining moments where, like, you, you, you'd asked if I was, you know, scared or worried or, you know, going through anything emotional with it. It was another moment that the emotion of being upset or going through this life change went away. Because mm -hmm. I thought, oh, I got, I got yeah. the mind and reach yeah. us in a deed. I didn't need that body part anyway. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't serving me. And yeah. it was just another reason that yoga has helped me realize. Like, I don't think I would have been, had that realization had I not mm -hmm. had such a, a long yoga practice to mm -hmm. have that mindset. So. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So what's easy to focus on are the positives. What right. about the negatives? What's been hard coming back to your practice? Um, my energy level mm -hmm. hasn't been the same. Um, I was telling my friend Catherine, who's with me today, that every day at 2 o'clock I get something called swelly belly, oh. which is part of healing from a hysterectomy. Or just all of my belly just starts swelling, just the gases of the day and all the things. And so um, by afternoon, I'm not ready to practice. I'm still, it's a reminder to me, hey, you're still healing. Mm -hmm. You're get, that's, so I'm, the physical, what it did to my body physically is part of the healing process. It's temporary, you know, but I'm building the strength back up. Mm -hmm. Every time you step on your mat, it's a new practice. Absolutely. And so here I am, new practice. <laughs> I find your story really inspirational because I talk to a lot of people that practice for a little while and then face a setback, whether the setback is a surgery, an operation, or an accident that happens. And then they feel so overwhelmed with the idea of having lost something. And then sometimes they just completely quit the practice or run away from it entirely. Or when they come back, they're so hard on themselves that they try to win back how they practiced 10, 20 years ago or before the accident, before, you know, the before. But what I find really, really inspirational about your story is your embrace of just how things are in the present for the good and the bad. So if the energy isn't there, you're embracing it. If Marie Chelsea D is coming, you're embracing it. If the belly is swelling and afternoon practice is not accessible, you're embracing it. And that's, that's the real yoga, you know? So we have this idea of, the, of, of this space of santosha, the space of acceptance, and all those years of asana practice, if they pay off in this regard, you know, that you're able to accept the ups and the downs with that same sort of peaceful disposition, then your story is really, I hope, inspiring for many students as a promise that the practice is really, really working. Yeah. And there are all these untold stories out there, you know, where, again, we focus on the beautiful handstand pictures, we focus on the right. fabulous... Oh, I'm a fan. I'm know. a handstand <laughs> junkie myself. So, right? Yeah. But <laughs> what, what, the, it's the subtlety and the very human reality of here I am practicing every day, and then it's those subtle benefits that really make difference in our life. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you yes. so much for sharing your story you with me. So remember we talked about also that this is a two-way street and yes. you also get to ask me some questions. Yes. yes. So um, 
What I was wondering was in this business of yoga,、mm-hmm. um, how do you maintain such a high level of integrity when there's so many other things that being, are coming at you? Oh yeah. Well, I think I think this is not only a question of of yoga, but I think it's、uh, the question of how to maintain integrity in the human world.、Yeah. You know, there's stuff coming at you moment by moment, and it's so hard. For, it's so hard for me, and I think for everyone, to stay true to your moral compass. And then I find that I, I myself have vacillated between being too loose and being too dogmatic. So adhering too strictly to rules when it comes to being very、um, You know, aligned with my moral standards, and then being too loose about that. So I've kind of vacillated between both of those. And what I found actually is that if, in my experience, when I've allowed myself to claim a moral high ground of any type, this is when I've acted the most out of alignment、mm. with my real values. Because as soon as I claimed the mantle of any type of righteousness, as soon as I said I'm right and you're wrong. Then that dichotomy put me in a position of power that then allowed me to take, you know, to, 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 to normalize decisions that wouldn't be acceptable if it was, hey, this is my point of view and that's your point of view. Let's compromise.、Right. So there's a there was a very different feeling about that. And so something that I find extremely challenging in the yoga world is when we take、uh, the, the moral and ethical guidelines that are outlined in the tradition、mm-hmm. as purity tests to judge other yogis.、Ooh. Do you know what I mean?、Yeah. So it's sort of like, oh, ahimsa is nonviolence, which means that you have to be vegan and plant-based. And, and, and you know, I am vegan and plant-based, and you know,、um, and I and and I probably, if you look in my closet, I think I have you know a leather item from 25 years ago that I haven't、right. thrown out because、right. then I sit with this question of, here's an item I've had it for 25 years. If I throw it out, it ends in a landfill. I could donate it, but I'm still using it. So should I use it? Should I? So so I I, I feel that there's a that there's a there's a subtlety that exists when we drop down on the human to human level. Yeah. yeah. Then second. In terms of business,、right. what I've realized for myself is, whenever I've done anything with a business motive, it has meaning. Like with the with the intention, I've had the thought, this could be a profitable enterprise. <laughs> it has turned into a colossal disaster.、Oh okay. But every single time that I've been truly, genuinely excited about something, and I've、yeah. thought either from the perspective of I'm excited about this, this makes me like inspired, and I follow my joy, or even better, I. F- Find the perspective of not only do I enjoy this, but how can this serve? How is this useful? Is this useful for people? And do I enjoy it? Because I don't want to do something that's really, really useful and I hate it. So I want that. That for me is this perfect combination. So I enjoy it and it serves well. Then I feel like this is like the winning combination because I'm happy, and then the people that I'm I'm showing up for are happy, and then we create this kind of beautiful synergy. And so I look for that more and more. And like what you were talking about before about being a people pleaser and not having your own boundaries. Kind of like doing what you think other people want.、Right. You know, I've been there too. So you know,、uh, it, it's sometimes you feel like, oh, I have to do this because that's what's expected of me. Or you know, and I, I used to, I, you know, when I first started teaching yoga, there was this kind of box of what a yoga teacher should be. You know,、mm-hmm. you should only wear organic clothes. Don't do your hair. Don't wear any makeup. You know, don't be too sexy. Kind of like. I don't know. Walk around in an organic bag and eat carrots, organic ones. You know, and、uh, you know, I tried that for some time. I shaved my head. I gave away all my worldly possessions. So I did this, and I like I 
bought some organic cotton from India and I walked around in basically like an organic sack. And Did I like, you feel like you were in alignment with yourself or that you were in alignment with what somebody else? It took me a while. And then I looked, I think I looked in the mirror one day and I was like, you know, I like lipstick. <laughs> and I think I could grow my hair out again. <laughs> and I also like clothes. So let me figure out how I can do that in a way that's in, a, that's in both alignment with my path as a yogi and also with myself as a human being. So then I found kind of more aligned way to do that. And I'm a big fan of, you know, organic plant-based lipsticks in particular, yeah. not well. to make this like a, you know, beauty episode, but, <laughs> but, but, you know, they say that the lipstick women, we eat or anybody that wears lipstick, whatever gender wants to wear lipstick, then whoever's wearing the lipstick, then what happens is you, you eat, eat it. it. It's absorbing. Into totally. You. We yeah. eat so, so what like you put the lipstick on, what happened an hour later? Cause you ate it. Yeah. So <laughs> it's not like you left it around unless, I mean, unless you were having fun, then the other right. person ate it. But there's this, you know, so then I, again, I really feel, so I feel like yeah. plant-based food grade oil, things you put on your mouth, extremely important. You know, and that's, that's, I'm very happy for that yeah. period where I gave away all my other lipsticks and then I came back into yeah. something truly beneficial, right? Well, that's what you had to go through yeah. on your journey. But yeah. it is, but it is a very difficult path to walk, I think, to keep mm-hmm. integrity in life. There's constant temptation, like there's this, this constant temptation of, you know, uh, almost like there's in the status quo of our world, people operate in kind of this quid pro quo sort of operation, you do this for me and then I do this for you kind of thing. And you're like, but wait a minute, that's not the paradigm that I want. Mm -hmm. So it takes a lot of strength to just be in a new paradigm. Another mistake I used to make was say yes to everything. So when I first started teaching yoga, anytime someone was like, hey, Kino, here's a class over here, I would say yes to it. Hey, Kino, here's a class where I said yes to it. I say yes to everything. Mm -hmm. And at some moment I realized, wait a minute, I wanna say yes to what's in alignment with me so that what brings me joy and the best way I can serve are coming together. And so that's something I constantly think about. For example, when I was thinking about making a podcast, people used to contact me and say, Kino, you should make a podcast, make a podcast, make a podcast. And I was just like, I don't really know what to say in a podcast. And then then I thought about it. And then this idea came to share the inspiration towards fellow students so that we can all stay inspired to practice. Then I felt like this I enjoy, this serves. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So thanks so much for sharing this time with me. I am so grateful to be here, Kino. Thank Mm -hmm. you so much. I really appreciated it. And I look forward to sharing more practices with you in the future. Yeah. So thanks for joining, everyone. If you are enjoying our Yoga Inspiration podcast and video series and you have an inspiring student story that you'd like to share, send me an email, info at kinoyoga.com. You can have a chat with me right here on our little podcasts. Otherwise, we hope you stay inspired to get on your mat and practice every day. Thanks so much for joining. Namaste. Hey there, it's Kino here. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in to my podcast. Your support and your time and your attention really mean a lot to me. If you're enjoying this podcast series, you can find the full-length videos on my online channel, OMSTARS, and that's at www.omstars.com. You can redeem a 14-day free trial and get access to our full library of over 3,000 classes and also practice yoga with me online. 
I'd also love to see you in class sometime. So you can find my full live in-person teaching schedule on my website, which is kinoyoga.com. And if you haven't checked out my books, I'd absolutely be honored if you'd check those out. You can find those available at any online bookseller. The Yoga Inspiration Podcast is designed to keep you inspired to get on the mat. And I hope you're leaving each episode with a little glimmer and spark of the spirit which is the true heart of the yoga method. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. May you be filled with love. Namaste.